Hello and welcome to this fireside chat. I'm Anthony Smith, Chief Economist here at FreightWaves, and we are in Arkansas. This is the future of supply chain. This is our, of course, in-person event. First time back in over two years, and I'm excited about this fireside chat. I am here and excited to be here with the CEO of Primo. I'm here with the one, the only Justin Hall. Thank you so much for joining me today for this fireside chat. Justin, best like swag in the conference. I am. I'm <laughs> yep. convinced. We had to come with the smoke. So yeah, we, we like our swag and, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep uh, doing our best to be the hippest brand out in, in logistics. We'll see. I love it. I love it. And like I said, this is Primo. This is not LFS. Take, can you tell me what Primo is? What, what brought you back? What's, what's, what is Primo? Oh, for sure. Um, I'll, I'll, and thank you, Anthony, for this fireside chat. We love having an opportunity to talk about our company. We're proud of our company. Um, and thanks to Freight Waves. I'll back up real quick. I, I ran a family business. Um, we ran that 3PL from really the, the 90s, and I joined in the early 2000s. And we were very fortunate to exit it to Global Trans in 2016. And at that time, I took a three-year tour of duty with um, YRC Worldwide, now called Yellow, um, and had a great opportunity to serve as their chief commercial officer. And during that time, I, I also ran the 3PL channel for all of our subsidiaries. And I ran into this company called LFS. And I'm, they had this incredible pricing. I'm like, I've never even heard of this brand. And so I called the founder, Andres LaPere. I'm like, you've got to get to Kansas City. I don't know who you guys are. And I don't know why you have my, my good rate. So I was like actually mad. Yeah. And they showed up. And like most intermediaries, they're like, well, we're really different. And they started telling me the story. And, and they legitimately were different. And I won't go into the full commercial, but the majority of his workforce, they're Miami-based, but the majority of the workforce was in Medellin, Colombia. Mm. And so he told me more and more about the team and the nature of that. The majority of their customers were actually in Latin America and in Western Europe, but that they did business in the States and they needed somebody to sort of be their eyes and ears and their, their service transportation partner in the States. And so it was just such a cool story. It really spawned a relationship that, that lasted from that point forward here to me uh, helping take over his company. So. No, I love it. I love the approach that you have at Primo. So of course, doing a little bit of research, that human first aspect, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, listen, I've, I've been around now running a non-asset based company, um, you know, working in for a $5 billion, you know, asset based operation. And then I was fortunate to spend the last three years working in venture capital. So I love technology. I have had an opportunity to meet some of the best technologists, I think, on the planet. And, and it was humbling. And what I learned real quickly is if I ever get back into the 3PL game, I'm not going to try to keep up with what all these whippersnappers <laughs> are building out there. I mean, there's some brilliant engineers the way that they hire them and train them and motivate and compensate them, I'm like, I can't fight that battle. Right. So I didn't want to take over 3PL and have our identity be tech. I said, listen, I don't want to build anything. I want to control our data, our customer-facing portals, but everything I can outsource, I want to outsource. My CTO is in lockstep with me. So, you know, we have about seven of the ABC portfolio companies that are helping us build our tech stack. There's, uh, there's even some folks on the floor here that are helping me. I've got lean tech that's staffing people for me. But realistically, what I wanted to triple down on was being the most human-centric, customer-obsessed provider out there. I can't, like, I can't go get into a dead sprint with some of these folks that are scaling like a convoy or an Uber Freight or the legacy players like Nolan and Arrive and, and, and TQL and Coyote and CH. Like, I just can't go get into an arms race with them. Right. So I said, if we can be a company that hires great people that are passionate, right, that, that have humility and that genuinely want to care about how they serve each other, how they serve the customer, right? How they serve the carriers and even the communities that we do business in. I'll keep those people. And if I keep those people, I'll keep my customers. There's a direct correlation 
between right my, the, my ability to retain my people and my ability to retain customers. So we're really going to be more focused on you know, pursuing more of your SMB market, people that have complex shipping needs, where we really got to dive in and give them a more bespoke team structure, you know, really like curate or configure the TMS to their exact needs and, and likewise around capacity. So, so that's why we're really sort of like, we're, we're leading with people yeah. and I think it's the right thing to do. And I'll rely on really smart vendor partners to help me with all the rest. And that, that makes a huge difference. I mean, when you're looking at that human first, that people first aspect, I mean, when I look at the landscape, not even just in freight and logistics, sometimes the best companies are those that can really scale up in those people skills and those aren't really easy to scale at. And when we're looking at really kind of growing in logistics, scaling in logistics, what's been one of those areas that you really kind of leverage the most? Is there any one particular, is it 3PLs, is it brokerages, or is it, what's the landscape look like? So, like, I think that this industry is getting more collaborative. I actually think Freightways is doing a great job just through the information it shares and throwing events like this to get people that were maybe at one point arch nemeses to come together and actually think about, hey, um, maybe we might be stronger together than apart. So, you know, having gotten away from at least this 3PL side of the house for a good five, six years, I came back and, and I still felt like we're still too worried about our sandbox. There's a lot of things that we can do to help shippers. Actually, matter of fact, Shelly talked about this in her keynote yesterday. In most cases, especially as you start to move up into larger and larger global sort of enterprises, like big retailers, when you get into, you know, oil and gas and utilities and you go into big industrial distributors, they need a lot of players to help them out. And so I think to the extent that we can, right, let our guard down a little bit, maybe even go so far as to expose our pricing in more of a transparent manner, then we can start to actually share data and collaborate. And this mission, and, and actually Dan Lewis talked about this yesterday too. You know, he found that the challenge as he started to scale convoy was, is like, hey, listen, carriers will comply out of necessity, really out of their livelihood, right? Like the livelihood of their business is forcing them to adopt um, some of the digital technologies are going to help them get, you know, faster, more efficient and, and, and operate their businesses. Shippers have historically been very reluctant. Right. Certainly shippers, first and foremost, do not play nice with each other. So it's hard to do cluster-based analysis. It's hard to optimize across multiple shipper locations, even though they're in a common geography and they're running common lanes. That's a whole other issue. But we collectively have all that shipper data as 3PL partners, as track and trace specialists. There's a number of technology companies here that are aggregating data. We all love to talk about it. I still don't think anyone on that floor has a clue what to do with it. Yeah, That's a problem. And I'm not talking about the data Sonar brings forward around being very smart, right, procurement specialists, being very smart logisticians and understanding how that data should impact buy-side, sell-side pricing. I'm talking in capacity planning. I'm talking more so how do we look at the shipper community and start to bring them genuine opportunities to optimize their supply chains by looking at, right, a collective cluster of companies doing business in common geographies so that we can be smarter about how we tender freight, Right, how we balance density with our LTL partners, our truckload partners, our drage partners, even when you think about ocean transit. So I don't know, will we get there in the next couple of years? I, the shippers aren't going to get there on their own. Right. Anthony, they're just not going to do it. So it's probably going to require a number of us that are running around this room right now wondering if we should talk to each other, probably going to need to lean in and say, how do we collectively say, let's look at your portfolio, look at my portfolio, and where is there opportunities to mode shift or build dedicated milk runs or do some things that we all like to talk about that are really hard to implement. I think it's easier to do it if we look, you know, certainly if you look inside your own portfolio and your own team's doing that type of optimization, 
you can kind of control your destiny because you're having those one-to-ones with your customer. But this notion of saying, well, wow, like what if there was a series of, of strategic 3PLs or data providers that came together and said, how do we take these ideas? I mean, hell, it could be a freight payment provider. It could be, again, one of these uh, visibility specialists. But there is, there is enormous opportunity for us to drive more value to shippers and reduce this volatility we're all experiencing. But it's going to require us to play nice. And I don't know if anybody's ready to do that yet. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit on a great point here. So uh, the first one being transparency. And then when we look at the supply chain, I was talking about a little bit earlier on on uh, FreightWaves Now. I heard it probably like 50 times, and I say it at least 15 times a day just because it's such a crucial thing. But that next level being that collaboration, I think you hit on something really big because I'm starting to hear a little bit more about collaboration. I think that's going to be a huge hurdle to definitely jump over. Being that industry vet you've seen quite a bit in the in this segment, in this space, how would you say the relationships have changed or molded over the last 10, 5, maybe 15 years um, with carriers and shippers? Oh, uh, not enough. Um, and by the way, like, it's a little bit humbling that I'm now like the industry vet. I used to be the young guy, right? I'm like 42 <laughs> now. This is crazy. Um, and, and when I was in venture, they called me Uncle Hall. You know, the, I'm like, oh, my God, I was like 10 plus years older than these guys. Um, it's a young man's game. So uh, shipper and carrier and or shipper and 3PL relationships have not evolved. And there's some shippers that I think maybe the ones that are winning Shipper of Choice Awards uh, maybe the ones that are actually genuinely applying great talent and giving them the time to really lean in on vested partnerships. There are certain shippers that are evolving and really being collaborative, but I'd say by and large, they're not. Why? There's, well, there, there's two reasons. Shippers, first and foremost, are operating in a very complex world right now. Okay? There's so many things going on. Even before the pandemic, the role of logisticians, sourcing, global supply chain specialists at shippers got harder and harder and harder. Um, and so... What I worry about with shippers is that it used to be like when my dad was at 3M, he ran inbound traffic. He had a hundred person team. If you go to 3M today, there might be five people working on traffic, which is crazy, right? This is a global enterprise doing billions of dollars of of commodity movement. And and there's like a handful of people trying to manage their challenges. So first and foremost, they're under-resourced, which makes it very difficult to be collaborative because you can't even keep track of who your vendors are, which is why RFPs are so... I mean, RFPs have been changed since I came in the game in the early 2000s. They're the same three bits in the cloud of dust, or maybe it's some cheap waterfall attempt, and then there's mass emails. And so I, I do appreciate there's some people here that are trying to bring next level sort of procurement or RFP management ideas to shippers, but we got to go a step further. Uh, I call it delegate and elevate. We got to get rid of sort of like the day to day BS that both carriers, 3PLs, and shippers deal with. And there's ways you can outsource it. There's some ways you can automate it through RPA. And then you got to get your knowledge workers up about two, three steps to say, now can we actually look at the data, consume it, and come up with some ideas together to get smarter, to get smarter around order management, to get smarter around compliance, inventory planning, the things that are sort of hip things to write about and talk about. But people don't have the time and the crush of their day to actually do the work, yeah. to do the hard work. And in many cases, the 3PLs that are supposed to be helping them do that are busied up with day-to-day sort of mundane activities as well. So there's a lot of work that we need to do to start to delegate and or automate work and start to up our game and be more strategic. Speaking on that strategic aspect, when you look at this space, do you see that shippers are going to be like the next strategic buyers of maybe carriers, brokerages, things like that? So this is a meaty question. And and so I'm going to say a heavy yes to this. Now, this is me like looking at my crystal ball. um, But I, I'm, I'm first and foremost at Primo, I'm betting that there is a number of 
everything from steamship lines, hell, even shortland railroads, truckers, freight forwarders, and shippers that are going to come to us because I'm going I'm to present this opportunity for me to build them a brokerage in a box. Realistically, transportation management and being experts in that category should be a core competence of shippers. Um, and, and so to the extent they're the type of shipper where they say, well, I want that core competence because I want to know what's going on in my supply chain so I can protect business continuity. But also, I want to take a cost center and turn it into a profit center. Hell, I'll help them do it. Yeah. I'll white label it. I, it. I like Primo, but it doesn't even have to be Primo forward. We can, we can white label it as a shipper offering. Now, even having said that, let me just give you a couple examples. Um, a great ABC company I've, I've been proud to have been working with for the last three years called Deliver just got bought by Shopify. Shopify is building one of the most powerful vertically integrated offerings on in the market today, uh, not too different than what Amazon's been doing now for north of a decade. You've seen American Eagle buying 3PLs and technology companies, okay? Um, you have seen other companies, that Amazon's certainly leading the charge, that are in the shipper realm that are saying, man, maybe this needs to be a discipline that I don't, even, I don't necessarily just need to balance and manage my own network needs, but to offer it as a value as service to my supplier base. Think of the whole halo effect of suppliers. Think of any uh, of a number of customers that they do business with on the material side or on maybe the professional service side that they can also be offering transportation management or logistic services to or trade finance or insurance or otherwise. So I just think there's going to be this fascinating shift where two, three, four, five years from now, Primo might be getting calls not just from venture or private equity investors or strategic buyers, but shippers might call. Right. A shipper might call Primo and say, we just want to buy you. Yeah. And we want to bring you in-house and have you help us do the do. Well, I think that's a great point. This is one of those things I was interested in, of course, last year, because we saw all these supply chain bottlenecks, all these issues. A lot of people were really wondering, hey, well, supply chain was always like back of the office. We don't talk about supply chain. We don't talk about that. Now these shippers are forced to think about it. I think that's a great call out and a great uh, prediction there. I mean, thank God for, for, for what Freight Waves is doing to really make that this topic front and center um, for the eyes and ears of executives really around the world, certainly here in, in, in North America. I will tell you, not many days go by, I'm watching CNBC, that I don't see a CEO on there talking about supply chain. Yeah. I mean, hell, Mattel Toys CEO was on there today talking about a myriad of things, but supply chain was front and center. There are so many companies, I don't care if you're in the commodity game, if you're in finished products or otherwise, you're talking about supply chain. And it's not that long ago that it was just like, sort of like this sort of hidden topic. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be coming back this go around where all of a sudden logistics and transportation is sexy. We're all of a sudden like, you don't have to go to a cocktail party and put your head down when someone asks what you do. <laughs> right. Well, Justin, thank you so much for being here. I, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing over at Primo because you're really being about it. You're putting the customer first. So thank you so much. Where can people find you? Where can people get in touch with Primo? Hey, Primo.com. And I assure you, we have just a wonderful team that will be responsive, call you and run a proper discovery meeting. So thanks for the opportunity. Awesome, Justin. And that's going to do it for this fireside chat. Stay tuned. There's more content coming up.